When it comes to comic books, there are many different companies and stories to choose from. When it comes to publishing and writing your own stories for comics, the process can be an adventure. My name is Lee, and I welcome you to Beyond the Panels, a podcast to explore the people and history of what has become a giant of an industry, comic books. Before we get into the details, I would like to put the disclaimer that all properties and characters we mention are copyright their respective owners. There are a lot of comic books on the market, stories from every walk of life, and wonderful people putting their hearts and souls into telling the stories they want to tell. When it comes to publishing your own comic books, the process of writing can be its own adventure. That's comics. There's, there's, there's a, uh, in a former life, I ran a business that made oils and greases, and there was a joke that went around that was specific to the aviation industry that works in comics too. And the the joke is, how do you make a small fortune in comics? You start with a large fortune. That's Bill Williams, creator of Punchline and writer for Charmer. I had the opportunity back in October to sit down with him and talk about his work and life in comics. Williams is an independent writer who's also written for DC Comics on Batman 66 and had some insight into what it's like working independently versus working for a big publisher like DC. So who is Williams? You describe yourself on Twitter as ink slinger, writer on Charmer, and former editor at First Comics. Would you mind telling us a little more about yourself? Sure. Uh, I got hooked on comics when I was little. And occasionally I will go clean and sober for a while, but then I drift back to making comics. Um, I edited, uh, I came, came in at the request of uh, Matt Sturgis and, or Lila Sturgis and Dave Justice on the uh, public relations book and on the Four Norsemen of the Apocalypse books over at First Comics that helped get those things to press. I started self-publishing 20 years ago, plus under the name Lone Star Press, I worked with a buddy of mine, Bill Willingham, and a few other folks. And then I took a break off, break from that. I wrote some screenplays. I made a, a TV show about the people that make comics. And I did some, you know, hilarious, uh, some interviews with hilariously bad audio. So I made products that I couldn't actually sell, which is terrible. Um, since then, I inked some pages in a Batman book the Batman 66 book that came out in uh, a few months ago. My buddy David Hahn said, hey, would you like to ink me at some point? I said, sure, your stuff's awesome. And uh, then he said, uh, about a year and a half later, he said, uh, you're going to be getting a call from my editor. My regular anchor's out of town. Can you come in and do 10 pages in seven days? And I said, yes, not knowing whether I could or not, but, you know, I got it done. Everybody was happy that worked out. <laughs> Uh, but I've, I've spent time writing novels, writing comics, writing 
and drawing, which is how I occupy my uh, myself. Um, so you mentioned clean and sober. You mean, <laughs> what do you do when you're not doing comics? Do you do, you do screenplays? Yeah, or- yeah. I do. Uh, well, you know, like a lot of people that work in comics also have a day job that pays, pays okay. But no, I, I was frustrated by making uh, comics because it takes a while to make comics and I get all excited about a new idea and then a year later we've got a comic book and by then I'm like thinking about the next idea by then. So what I try to do now is just focus on a couple of things, try to do those really well and not spend so much time writing novels and and screenplays and making TV shows and other stuff like that. Okay. Awesome. So you said you started comics from a very young yeah. age. Do, would you say that they really affected your life? Uh, yes. When I was a kid, and I can say this because I'm old, I uh, I read the early Batman comics. I read a lot of the Denny O'Neill comics, and there was a there was a lot about those books that I really like. I, I went back and read some of them recently. They they don't always hold up well, but I like the detective aspects of the Batman comics which I later in life moved on to read uh, the Walter Mosley, Easy Rollins novels, the, uh, the Travis McGee books, all the uh, Richard Stark Parker novels. So it led me, you know, I went from reading, you know, Spider-Man and Batman and the Avengers to, you know, reading uh, detective fiction. That's awesome. Um, so does that really show through when you're writing uh, your comics or your screenplays? I have to work very hard not to put first-person narration in stuff. Because, <laughs> you know, every detective narrates his own life. You know, here I am going to the store, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. And Very no Yeah, so the thing that I've got to work on more is, you know, we, we complain about a cinematic approach in comics a lot. The cinematic approach in comics is a, is a good thing when you're using it to show action, not describe action. You know, it's much, it's much better if you show people doing things than have somebody say, look at me, I'm the world's greatest detective. It's easier if you show them detecting something. Okay, okay. So when you say cinematic approach, yeah. is that is that a common term? Or Yes, I believe the first comic where I really noticed it was the uh, the Ultimates book that Brian Hitch drew, where you know you've got all these horizontal format panels that look, you know, they emulate a movie screen. There's also if you go back and read books like Watchmen, you'll see that Alan Moore worked very hard on his scene transitions. So you'll see you know a puddle of blood that's red turn into a bouquet of roses, which is red, and that 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 scene transition, that kind of thing, that has. That's a cinematic approach to to making funny books. Awesome. Okay. So did you think when you were growing up reading Batman and Spider-Man that this was going to be a career choice for you in the future? Uh, Not so much. Uh, I thought I would go and get a boring job and uh, do that. Uh, You know, I do to to an extent have a boring day job, but also try to make sure that I get in a few hours of making comics every day. So... Uh, we're in Inktober right now, so so I spend a lot of time working on Charmer pages. Which I've enjoyed your Twitter feed so much; it's awesome to see you working on it's, this. It's uh, it's a it's it's me inking over blue lines by Ricardo Silva, and his stuff is really pretty. And 
he worked out of Ed Benes' studio, and Benes recently sat down and talked with him, and he said, I'm going to help you in, in, in improve the quality of your work. And I said, that's awesome. What kind of advice did he give you? He said, uh, he told me to use a different kind of paper and different pencils. I'm like, that's, that's not translatable to anything <laughs> that I do, actually. But he's, he's made a, a big leap forward, and it really shows, and it's, it's making me struggle to kind of keep up with him to make the, uh, the Charmer pages look good. Okay, well, on that note, um, you, you publish Charmer under your own um, personal private publishing thing. Well, Charmer comes out from Pond Scum Comics. Okay. It's an imprint of Rats and Crows. Uh, I never aspired to be Pond Scum, <laughs> but, you know, they they made me an offer, and they've been as good as their word on that stuff. So I, I make comics, and I send them to them, and they, they print them and put them out. Okay. But it's, uh, and, it's an interesting arrangement we've got. And Punchline is your own as well. Punchline is just me. Okay. Yeah, we, uh, we looked around for publishers, in that one, I partnered up with Matt Weldon, and Matt, Matt's done some beautiful work there. And we sent that book around, and we sent it through the submissions at imagecomics.com email box and didn't get anything out of there. But from what I hear, that's standard. And we got a really nice rejection letter from IDW. IDW said, wow, you put together a great team. This looks really good. I can't wait to read it. We can't put it out. This isn't what we do. But... You know, that's the kind of thing that happens in comics and in publishing specifically. You can make interesting projects, and then you can have people say, yeah, we don't have space for it. Okay. So is that a problem that you run into often, is that a publisher just Most, doesn't have space in their lineup? Uh, that, that is one of the things that keeps you off the comic shop bookshelves. Uh, that and there's just a flood of content coming out right now, and... Nobody really knows what to do about it. You know, it's too much for public for for the retailers to stock out everything that gets offered. You know, it's uh, the submissions uh, stacks at publishers are overflowing, and there's still more and more people trying to trying to get in and make comics. So it's it is just a it is a gold rush at the moment, which is you know kind of ironic because working in comics does not pay very well unless you're one of the few rock stars in the industry. So we've got a gold rush with no actual gold. Okay. <laughs> That's an interesting way to describe it. That's comics. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a, uh, in a former life, I ran a business that made oils and greases. And there was a joke that went around that was specific to the aviation industry that works in comics too. And the, the joke is, how do you make a small fortune in comics? You start with a large fortune. <laughs> so you work with a small publisher and you got an opportunity to work on Batman 66. What was the yeah. differences between each of those? Well, one had a serious deadline. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, one, I, uh, you know, the, 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 one, the deal with Charmer is, is that I, we've got a pretty hands-off agreement I make some awesome comics and send them to them. They go, these are great. We're going to publish them. And uh, with with DC, you get you get pages in. In my case, I print those out on uh, in blue line on artboards with uh, I draw the panel borders in in Photoshop, and then I ink them and scan them in and send them out. 
uh, with DC stuff, it has to be properly formatted, and uh, there's a certain certain framework that they want you to put your art in. And in my case, uh, I sent low-res versions of the inks around to everybody on the project, the two writers, the penciler, the editor, the assistant editor, and said, okay, here's what I've done. Do you need any changes? And I'd sent out just a ton of pages and at the, on the day that the last of the pages was due, one of the writers came along and said, hey, I haven't seen any of these. Hey, I've got problems. I need corrections. Go back and fix this, that, and the other. So on the last day that I had, I got some extra, you know, extra, extra chores. But, you know, it turned out to turn out pretty well. It's just, you know, it's a difference in scale. Uh, when I work with smaller publishers, I know that I'm going to be funding a lot of these things out of my own pocket. And when I work with DC, I know that the check's going to clear, which is a big difference. Okay. Um, so kind of to wrap this up, could you give me a quote to encapsulate your experience in comics and writing and inking? Oh, uh, well, that's tough. <laughs> I don't think that if you go into the arts... You should do it because you want to get rich. I think if you go into a life in the arts, you should do it because you want to be happy. And as long as you're creating and making interesting projects, you have a better chance of being happy. You can check out Bill Williams on Twitter at Bill underscore Williams or the links in this episode's description. We thank you for joining us this week on Beyond the Panels as we explored the wonderful world of comics. Beyond the Panels is a production of Closet Monster Studio Network. You can find us at beyondpanelspod.wordpress.com or on Twitter at beyondpanelspod. Please leave a review on your favorite podcast directory so that we can get more people listening Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks.